Good evening and welcome to the 11 billionth video that I have uploaded today. Why have I uploaded so many videos? I don't know. But a lot of videos have been uploaded. Additionally, <laughs> I have um, Jonathan Grimm Tank. Jim the Tank Dorsey is uh, he's, he's endlessly text messaging my phone because I I texted him earlier saying, "Hey, uh, let's uh, let's start thinking of dates for uh, Grim Tales Part Three, where we continue his time with the uh, with the original. Uh, sorry, with the, the resurrected misfits." And um, so. <laughs> He's like, well, I better get started listening to the uh, listening to the show we did, the four-hour show. So he's listening to the four-hour show, and he's like texting him. He's texting me, but just like reminders to himself. And it's just funny because my phone keeps blowing up because he's like, <laughs> he's itemizing everything that he wants to take notations of. What uh, it's so funny? Um, well, yeah. So welcome to tonight's show. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing this show, but. I'm actually hitting two birds, one stone, because for the longest time, I've been waiting for a show, a reason to do a show. And with it, I wanted to tack on a special presentation, and we're going to have that special presentation tonight. So at the end of tonight's show, we're going to actually have uh, the return of Blood Song. For anybody who remembers Blood Song, Blood Song returns. That's I, Mesenthrope. Uh, he has completed... The last three songs, there were three songs that were missing. He's completed them and sent them to me months and months ago. And I told him, I keep telling him, I say, hey, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Well, tonight we're going to get to it. And I'll have to message him after this and let him know. But that's not the main topic of discussion. That's just going to be after the topic of discussion. Uh I really suppose we should we should start the show properly this way. <laughs> still texting me. This guy is so funny. I I appreciate his dedication. Um, let's start the show off the right kind of way, the way that we always do. I, man, I haven't heard this in so long. It's going to be so fun to hear it. Ready? Jeff is gonna talk about the Misfits right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Jeff never shuts his face, always needs to talk. Might be shown somewhere if he went out for a walk. Do you think Jeff cares? He doesn't care. He's not into ranch. That one's for you, Rue Morg. Shout out to Rue. Um, boy, this is so old school. Like, when was the last time we've done a streaming evil? Well, that's not true. We do them. We do them. By the way, uh, if you are a Patreon member or a YouTube member, Eerie Vaughn Part 3, Part 3 of the Eerie Vaughn interview comes in three days. Three days, okay? So keep your eyes peeled for this super exclusive content. It's not going to be 
on YouTube proper. It's only for Patreons. It's only for YouTube members exclusive. Uh, part four, part four, or maybe it's part five. There's still four hours of the eerie interview to put out there. Isn't that crazy? Four freaking hours left. I've been, I've been really, <laughs> I'm really letting that one just siphon, siphoning that one and whatnot. And yeah, so, okay. So this is really cool. So big shout out. We need to give a big shout out to John of doom, friend of the show, supporter of the channel, uh, from voice of doom, John of doom, who is playing a show, actually him, uh, the voice of doom and Robbie bloodshed. They're doing a show, New York city, Parkside lounge, uh, October 29th. October 29th in the city. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay. Uh, but he brought something to the attention of the group, the Facebook group. If you don't belong to the Facebook group, you got a man. Cause that's where like, you know, we always get very cool, interesting posts there as opposed to other places. You know, I was, I was just in some group. This is so stupid. This is like so stupid. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. I, I forgot there was another Facebook group. It wasn't obviously it wasn't the seventh house. It was some misfits Facebook group. And one of the moderators was, was um, going on. Yeah. It's a really cool poster, but the misfits never played Irving Plaza in 1980 with screaming Jay Hawkins. That show never happened. I asked Erie and he told me that that poster was fake. And, and I, you know, I being me, me being the misfits nerd guy, I was like, well, I have to say something. I was like, oh no, they they did play that that absolutely that's a that was a real show, you know. Like, you know, to me, this is like the sky is blue. But when you think about anybody, like who gives a shit about any of this stuff? Like, who honestly fucking cares? Like, you think any even casual misfits fan knows that the misfits performed at Irving Plaza in 1980 uh with Scream Jay Hawkins? He goes and he, he comes back at me and he's like, no. He's like, no, they most certainly did not. Erie was at the first Misfits show when he was 16. And he told me it wasn't, it, it was, it, it never happened, blah, 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 something. And I know that he was clearly conflating. He's clearly conflating Erie saying that's not a real poster with Erie saying that that isn't, a, that that show didn't happen. Cause I know that Erie knows. We all know that that show happened. That was Doyle's for show. And I said to the guy, I said, I said to the guy, I was like, yo, like, I was like, yo, that was Doyle's for show. You know, I wasn't even trying to, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I didn't like laugh. I didn't laugh. I didn't do like a little laugh reaction or anything. I just like legitimately was saying, no, that was a show. And then he laughed at me and he's like, you don't know what you're talking about or something. And I was like, okay, man, whatever. <laughs> I was like, why am I arguing with this guy? Why am I trying to convince him? And who really cares? Like, who really cares? I, I mean, I know this stuff is important to us, but is it not? I, it's not that important. Hold on. Let's just, let's, let's go back a little bit and say hello to some people. Ben is here. How you doing, Ben? He says, don't hit the birds. Oni, we haven't seen Oni in a while. Oni, how are you? Lynn is here with the wolf's blood. Ben wants to know if Homer's a fan. There's Ace Von Johnson, Erie Vaughn, part three. You know it. It's coming. Black Aria, three. Yes, supposedly that's up in the pike. Fishpaws says, hurry up and just talk about the song. 
you know what? What fun is that, man? What like Jesus? Like what? Do you, you think that's how a live stream works, man? Hurry up and just talk about the song. You hurry up. You hurry up. Damn it. Right. Yes. Part, there's Erevan three, and then of course part four P. We'll have to call it. I will no, special note to call it part four P. Talk about the song. Fish pause. He's like, hurry up. Just talk about the song. Talk about the song. Dig films. I hope Dagger Love. Dagger Love, wherever you are. Shout out to Dagger Love. It was having trouble finding uh when the shows were going live. Well, we're live, Dag. So if you wanna if you wanna join us, this is now is the time. Here he is, John of Doom. John, I'm so glad that you post that in the group. I was like, I have to do a show. Irina, shout out to Irina, who was like, please do a show on this. I was like, I'm definitely going to do a show on this. Look, he's still saying it. Talk about the song. Fishpaw wants song. Song for Fishpaw. Felipe's here. How you doing, Felipe? Hope all is well down where you are. Yes, Ace, the bootleg poster is solid, man. It's a beautiful poster. I forgot the designer's name. I've definitely co-opted that art before. But what's funny, what's so goofy about the whole friggin' thing is that, like, the dude who's like, you know, I mean, what are we, like, it's not like I was around. It's not like I, it's not like I, I saw the show or anything. I wasn't even alive. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's a matter of historical accuracy. We are historians. I'm a historian. I consider myself to be a historian of this history and therefore pointing out, well, actually that did happen. And just, just goofiness, goofiness, confusion and goofiness. Fishpaw, more talk about the song. He does, Dude, can you at least take the time? I know you're in a rush, but can you take the time to spell the word about instead of A-B-T? Talk about Sam Hain. Talk about the song it's supposed to be about. Hurry up. Talk about the song. <laughs> Tanner, Tanner, did you? <laughs> Tanner, Tanner, do you know? Do you have any information about this song? You know, I, I mean, we surely should ask Steve Zing or Erie would, or Pete. We could ask any of them. They will tell us that they would tell us if they know. I actually, I have a theory. I worked out a theory before coming out. It's a theory. Don't. It's just a theory. It's, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know. Ace, Ace says it's the singer for a band called the Ravengers. Hagen. Yes. Hagen is his name. I forget his first name, but Hagen is the last name. He's in the group. And you got one, of course, because duh, because you have the best. Pretty please. Alec, thank you. It's Alex Hagen. Beautiful art. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful art. John says someone posted the theory that the music for the Howl 2 may have been repurposed on Final Descent. It's possible. Good theory. Good theory. I have my own theory. I'm going to get to it in a minute. Uh, Tanner says he's thinking that it's the urge. Also a very likely that, uh, again, as they say, uh, Occam's razor, right? Like the most likely explanation is the correct explanation. It possibly could be the urge. Let's Let's introduce what it is before we move on. And again, um, uh, big shout out to John of Doom for bringing this to our attention. I love it when we when we when we find this stuff. Okay, and then afterwards, guys, we're gonna listen to Blood Song. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to Blood Song. It's it's only three songs, but uh, yeah, I've been we've been waiting to this. Okay, so this is from 
Rye Bread Rodeo is a website that they they auction off all sorts of rare things. They have a whole section dedicated just to Raymond Pettibon, uh, Greg Ginn's brother from from Black Flag. And yeah, they like they're kind of like an auction house. They do like limited edition runs on books. They did those that beautiful book of of misfits photos from from the Toronto Shock Theater show in 1977. It's just a booklet of 24 photos. We've had a few of those misfits style books. Um and uh so they have a new fly this flyer came to light and at first you know, my first reaction is go, well, this flyer can't, maybe it's like a fake. Maybe this is just some BS, but I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a handwriting expert, but it very, I mean, it, it's, that's Glenn Danzig's correspondence handwriting. Now, the other thing that's interesting too, is like, you think about like what this is, it's, it's correspondence. And, you know, back in the days of old before and before, you know, electricity, the way that, you know, writing is like sending an email, right? And like the way that we like learned about so much historical stuff is through written letters. That's how we learned, you know, you learn stuff about presidents and just like people of note, anybody, like the correspondence, the collected letters of XYZ. That's how you learn about all sorts of little details, unofficial history, minutia, all sorts of things that come to light. That's how we learn about common, you know, um, common things in history that that may not that we that may not you know be written about and documented properly like like maybe in the 1800s we used a napkin square like this and someone's writing about their napkin square and it's not that's the only record of that you know what i'm saying that sort of thing and here we have a document that just is mind-boggling because nowhere else in any sort of recorded part of this history is any of this stuff really mentioned um when glenn Dan so glenn danzig you know he starts the band sam hain right they're doing the band sam hain and um you know it's there's a darker tint on 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 the stuff that they're doing in the misfits a lot of it is you know for lack of a better word for a, a glenn danzig hated word pagan that's a pagan stuff you know um uh, another word that he would he would not approve of maybe a cult, but pagan, right? Like pagan, dark pagan sort of shit, gothic pagan shit, and um and part of that is werewolves. You know, there's like this whole thing with werewolves, and it started in the Misfits. It started, you know, Earth AD got wolf's blood. You got the lyrics for Halloween too, which of course becomes a, a Sam Hain song. You know, the idea of Sam Hain and just this idea of like of of how werewolves fit into this antiquitous age uh, when the world was darker and grimmer and whatnot. And um, so there's a trilogy of songs. Supposedly there's going to be a trilogy of songs. And the first one is on Sam Hain Initium. That is The Shift. And that's about transforming into a werewolf, kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's what The Shift is. I wrote a screenplay about The Shift. That was... My inspiration, I called this my first screenplay I ever wrote, feature length screenplay is called The Shift. And it's about sort of about a werewolf and uh, totally inspired by that. And I just I love that song, too, because it's just so unconventional, man. I mean, what a weird friggin song. The, the, the guitars are weird. The beat is weird. The vocal melody is weird. Bizarre. And then it had a sequel a sequel, a companion, if you will. 
And that that was that's the song that comes right after it on Anishium, and that's called The Howl. And it has, oh man, what the hell was that guy's name? Adam. Um, the guy he was here all the time, big support of the channel. Great friggin' ballad, ballad of the broken, ballad of the darkness, or ballad of the broken. We haven't seen ballad in a witch's age, but ballad was obsessed with the lyrics of he was obsessed with the lyrics from the howl and we you know we highlighted how dark how friggin dark that song is you know uh i don't know the lyrics off the top of my head but you know someone someone put them in the comments for for us so we can read them you know uh something about looping bones and taking liberties with limbs of you know carcasses and whatnot and that is up, you know, up on the hill, there's a slaughterhouse, something like that, yada, yada, yada. And I hear the howl, my blood just goes to work and I hear the howl. Right. And, um, so that's also a werewolf thing. That's a werewolf thing. So we have the howl and then forever and a day, Tanner brought this up and, um, I mean, I, you know, I thought the same thing, guys, I thought the same thing has got to be the urge or it's got to be something that's repurposed. Uh, we, I did ask Steve when Steve was on my show, Steve Zing, drummer of Sam Hain, current bassist of Danzig. I asked him and I said, what's the deal with that urge song? And he gave me an answer, something along the lines of, it was kind of like a hollow. It was kind of like a misery tomb thing. I, I believe that's what he said. I, it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't really a thing or from what he remembered. And again, I might be misquoting myself or misquoting him on my show, but it was something like that. It was something that was very logical. There was a third song that was known as The Urge. And now here is Glenn writing in a letter. I'm going to pull up the letter. Enough enough foreplay here. Um, talking about another song called The Howl 2. Now, here's the thing about Glenn, especially... After the Samhain period, we study, we are Danzigologists. We study Glenn Danzig. When you think of Glenn and, you know, I mean, for, for all time to come, you know, Glenn is one of, is a singer, songwriter, poet who, you know, now has this place in, you know, a part of music history and therefore, you know, is kind of like a figure in that kind of way, just like anybody else, like any other artist, Right. And, um, you know, but when you read interviews with that dude, and we've read a hell of a lot of interviews with that guy, he is, he just likes to, you know, exactly what uh, Ben is saying in the comments here. He just likes to contradict the things that he says, or he, he just, he just, he gets, so, he's so wishy-washy one second. It's this one second. It's that Mark Kennedy told me many, many years ago that when he was trying to like nail down like the different numbers of, of albums that were pressed. I believe he said something along the lines that Glenn claimed right there in the interview, whatever it was that Glenn claimed. I'll know once I review that tape, because I believe he says it on the tape. Glenn claimed that there are 10 green vinyl of Halloween. B bullshit. Of course, there's no 10 green vinyl of Halloween. But of course, Glenn, but, the, but Glenn says it because he wants to, you know, shake it up. He wants to, you know, whatever. And when I read this correspondence, a part of me wonders, is that what this is? Is that just 
is that him just like fucking around and not like, well, we'll get into it. We'll, we will, we will get into it and it will be more easily explained. It's a, it's a sticky, it's a sticky situation. And you know what else is sticky? Riot stickers. Woo! Yeah. Riot stickers, the official sponsor of the from his channel sharpie riot he's got a special new deal do you or if you are in the market for stickers i can't tell you, you're not going to find a better deal on stickers than right here with ridestickers.com this link is only available on the from his channel there's no more promo code all you got to do is click a link it's in the description and i believe in the con no it's just in the description of this video so you look in the description you're going to go to the thing you're going to get a thousand stickers for 79 dollars do you know how good of a deal that is? A thousand three inch by three inch stickers for $79. Ridestickers.com backslash from us. F-R-U-M-E-S-S. -S. I mean, that's it. That's it. All stickers have UV coating to protect from the sun. They're printed on vinyl. So they're super duper uh, water resistant, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, man, you just can't, you just can't go wrong. And then right after, we play our little less than Jake video. We are going to read the letter and we are going to discuss this and try and get to the bottom of this. But in the meantime, ridesickers.com backslash from us. We make stickers, banners and buttons too. Posters and promo cards. There's nothing we can't print for you from All right, let's take a look at the letter and then we'll go into the comments and we'll have a whole discussion and then we're going to listen to Blood Song, okay? But first and foremost, um, let me figure out how to share share my screen here. How funny is it that when, whenever, whenever we get a little, <laughs> whenever we get a little something, we go, oh, oh, it's something new to talk about. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We can talk about it. We can talk about something new. Okay, here's the letter. Ready? Courtesy of Rye Bread Rodeo, dis, uh, brought to us by John Adoom. Thank you, John, for posting that in the chat. This is what the letter says. I'm going to read it in my standard Glenn Danzig vernacular because that's how I do. Hey, just got back from tour and I thought I'd mail off your 45s. Didn't get the order until the eve of tour. When's forced exposure coming out? Soon or never? Okay, so forced exposure, that was, you know, that's a magazine that I guess they didn't, I think they did an interview or they did some press, whatever. So this is obviously written to the dude from forced expo exposure, I would imagine. We have to use our thinking caps. The tenage of unholy passion is imminent. Includes Halloween 2 live 
and the Howling 2. Run with the pack. Whoa! Limited to 1,000 or 2,000 copies. Not sure. Also, reissue of Die Die, Some on Color, and Unholy Passion 12-inch, Some on Color. I can make as many Ratfink shirts as you need. Saw Roth's new catalog, some good stuff, and lots of crud. Gotta go, Jersey boy. So, and then here's what it says. It says that the letters from 1985 are particularly interesting discog discographically speaking letter from Glenn Danzig written in spring 1985 on a half size five inch by eight 5.5 by 8.5 inch flyer for a Sam Haynes show in Baltimore image has been watermarked sorry and original recipient's name has been photoshopped out of the scan now this is Sam Haynes playing with Reptile House which is London Maze Band so this is when I think London actually was the promoter for the show. The price is almost a grand, $995 for this artifact, right? Um, so there you go. Now, oh God, we got to take this apart. All right. So first and foremost, I haven't I haven't looked at the comments yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a moment to do that. Um so he says we we didn't get the order for whatever this merch was until the eve of tours, which means that they were on they were going on tour, and this is spring of 1985. So let's head over to our nifty difty Misfit Central, which we still use for stuff, despite it being slightly archaic at this point. Let's go to the Sam Hain tour dates, right? That's what I'm doing right now. And let's go to the tour dates and let's take a look at the tour for spring of 1985. Okay. So that would be the unholy passion tour. Hmm. All right. But that's, it says the unholy passion tour, but there's a date for February. There's a date. There's a few dates for April and then it goes into May. Right. So that ends on May 19th, 1985. Does anybody off the top of their head, when did Unholy Passion officially come out? And how long did it take to press vinyl? Okay, so the Reptile House flyer was in April, right? April 13th. That's right here, Baltimore, Maryland. Hmm. This is a really interesting sort of conundrum. Okay, so he writes the letter in response when he gets back from the tour in May. On a flyer from April, which means he just had it maybe lying around, right? Something like that. And when did Unholy Passion, the uh, the EP, come out? Let's take a look. I'll, go, I'll just go to Wikipedia for that. Unholy Passion. Give me a second here. That will really help us out. If you've listened to the second part of the Erie Vaughn interview available to Patreons and YouTube members, sign up to hear it now. Um, we we did briefly mention how, how Salby's set list for her show couldn't have actually been Doe's first show because it was written on the back of a Three Hits from Hell poster that was from you know, for a show that happened seven months or eight months before that came out. Doesn't really make sense. So it was released. It says it was released in 1985, but there's no actual date. Hmm. 
well, that's annoying. I was kind of hoping that we would have a official release date. Hold on. Tanner says, I just posted the forced, the fo the forced exposure interview in the comments of John's post to add some time context. Yeah. But, but Tanner, do you know, when did, what was the official release date for, for unholy passion? That's what I want to know. Um, here, let me see. Discography of official Sam Hain releases. Maybe it'll say it in there. Now we're back to Misfit Central. Unholy Passion. When was it released? Does it say? Aha. Okay. So, okay. Interesting. According to Misfit Central, and I know this stuff is out of date, but the very first pressing of Unholy Passion was actually in January of 1985. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So January of 1985, and then there was a second pressing that was reissued in May of 1986. So there was reissued, but it was reissued almost, you know, almost a year, a year and some change afterwards. There was only one test pressing. So if this came out in January 85, now let's go back to what he's saying about the 12-inch version and the 10 inch version because remember he says the 10 inch of unholy passion is imminent and includes halloween live and the howl 2 limited to 1000 or 2000 copies and then he says also reissue of the die die and unholy passion 12 inch is uh going to be coming out as well which means that what he's talking about is there's going to be a second pressing of unholy passion and it is going to have different songs on it and it's going to be a 10 inch it's not going to be a 12 inch the 12 inch version is going to be repressed separately so is everybody following that am, am i making sense right now that makes sense right so we have we have the the original version which is the 12 inch that comes out in january of 85 he gets written to at some point by the forced exposure guy on the eve of tour, leaves for the tour, comes back and says, hey, imminently, imminent makes it sound like it's going to happen tomorrow. But even still, you know, ordering up vinyl, it's not like it is now where now, it, you know, you can wait nine months for vinyl, right? It takes a long time to wait for vinyl. But but back then there wasn't, it wasn't backlogged like that. But so they're waiting. This, this other version, this 10-inch version of Unholy Passion, which is weird too, because you would think that a 12-inch version would have more songs. So that means another... Okay, ready? So here's another thing to consider. The 10-inch version either is a variant with different tracks or has all five tracks and two extra tracks on a smaller disc. Could that be for economical reasons? Why would you print it on a smaller disc? That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. And it will only be one that the only thing I could imagine is that he wanted to do a second version of unholy passion. And he wanted to do it with alternate songs as a 10 inch, which is just weird. Why not just do a, a whole separate release and just call it something else? Um, so it would have been a second pressing as a 10 inch with different track listing with different tracks, a, a live version of Halloween two. Right. And then a song called the Howl to run with the pack. Now, now, as I was saying before, 
this could be Glenn just bullshitting. It could just be bullshitting. Like, you know, it could just be like fucking with the guy and just being like, ha 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 ha. There's no, you know, the, these tracks aren't really happening. Or, you know, again, as I'm learning all the time, like just when you think, you know, everything there is to know, or that, like, you know, the, that you've figured out most of this stuff. And then there's just something un, unseen that you weren't aware of that just sort of, reshapes your understanding because at my understanding of it as right as right now i'm going to say it one more time i know i just said it a bunch of times i'm gonna say it one more time and then we'll go into the comments the 12 inch version comes out in january i'm trying i guess i'm just trying to do this in my own head as well the 12 inch version comes out in january in spring he is planning another version but a 10 inch version of unholy passion that will include different tracks, including a unknown song. <sighs> what is the howl to run with the pack? It is possible that it could just be another name for the urge. It could just be, it could just be a part of the song. We were always, I mean, it would make sense that it, that it, that it would be another name for the urge because we were told that it's a trilogy of songs, right? Um, you know, songs can have multiple words. And here's the other thing that it leads you to leads me to think of, much like Night of Hate, the the Danzig song that never saw the light of day. Besides that, that rehearsal, that rehearsal thing. I mean, there are just so many, there's probably so many songs out there that we just don't even that that are just nothing. I can I can attest that there are a lot of early, there are so many early misfit songs, it's scary. Like pre-cough cool there are a lot of misfit songs man a lot of interesting misfit stuff um it, it's just mind-boggling it's mind-boggling um they had a lot of stuff written they had a lot of stuff written so if they had a lot of stuff written back then i could imagine easily there being an extra song like the howl to run with the pack now here's the next question was it ever recorded in a meaningful way because he's talking about it as if he has a recording of it. Like if you're talking about, Hey, I'm going to put this out limited 1000, 2000 copies. It sounds like maybe it, he hasn't actually, you know, taken it to the pressing plant. This is just something that he's envisioned. So imminent, imminent as it is written here is not a very accurate word for potentially what were, whatever that was supposed to be. And Glenn as we've seen with all of his projects can take an incredibly long time to do them. If do them at all, look at what happened with the enter at your own risk bot set, you know, and how it morphed that morphed into collection two. supposed to be walk among us two into collection two, you know, nevertheless, it's super interesting, man. It's a super interesting document um, that sort of, that sort of, you know, causes us to reconsider the history. Okay, let's go to the comments now. We're going to go all the way back up. we got a bunch of comments here. Not going to be a terribly long show. We just had to, I, we had to talk about this stuff, you know. You know it, you know it. Smash like Archangel is my all-time favorite song. Great song, DLW in the house saying Rick Rubin did well with the Colts. And Danzig, the best HCDC songs come for those bands. Um, ben says, 
feels like there is a missing Sam Hain album with songs like Mephisto Waltz, Blood Feast, and Possession uh, on the peripheries of Sam Hain's lifespan. Wish he would have committed to it sooner. Don't we all, man? Don't we all? Witches and those made wolves. Man, I'd love to watch that movie, that The Shift. I need about 15 grand to, to, to put it together, but boy, if I could. If I could, well, we got 72 comments. Oni64 says there's also an instrumental, there's also instrumental tracks that Erie and Glenn worked on a Yamaha DX7 synth that ended up on the Black Aria album. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Tanner says, I think it's interesting that he mentions reissuing the 12 inch of Unholy and then releasing a 10-inch of Unholy, meaning that this is after the record that was released already. Right. So weird. Such a weird thing. Why not call it something else? Why not call it Unholy Passion 2? Why not call it The Howl 2? You know, I don't know. We know that Glenn has released a live track. They put out Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight on Walk Among Us. Their, de their debut album has a live track such a weird thing for you know your your first official album right on some level boy we haven't done this in a long time i love it man i love it it's just it's rarer and rarer and more precious we still hey we still have to get franche coma on here and uh we got another another danzig guest that i think you guys are going to really appreciate the Mad Matter says Halloween 2 was mentioned in interviews for Lost Tracks. Supposed to be more tribal sounding. Dude. All right. Mad Matster. Find us that interview now. Okay. So this is not the first mention of this is not the first mention of allegedly of how of how to. Huh. How about that? So so maybe there is maybe it was recorded. So then there is a recording and it was still never released. It wasn't released on the Samhain box set. It wasn't put out on Final Descent. And it wasn't put out on the Lost Tracks of Danzig. And yes, Winston, this is indeed. This is Glenology 138. Oni says, Erie and Glenn were also working on instrumental music for what, for a movie they would have made back in 86 or 87. Yes, they were they were interested in doing a lot of different types of movies, as I would learn from Erie in my very, very long five hour plus interview. Um, uh, very adult movies, if you know what I mean. I, I don't know if the Lost Tracks is still on Spotify. That stuff comes on and off all the time. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. John says that could be it. Just an idea he had that never came to fruition. Sorry, my, my button. Oh, hot tub. Rob is in the house. Hot tub. Yo, tell me you're in the hot tub right now. Hot tub, Rob, hot tub, Rob. And where's Bob? Where's Bob and your, your, your buddy, your buddy in arms. Tanner says, thinking even more about this, I've seen Glenn in letters mention Unholy as a picture disc, now a 10-inch, and obviously a 12-inch. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could chalk it up to just like having, like bursting at the seams with ideas, but what interests me, here's what interests me. 
why is it? I mean, look at what happened with Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead came out as a seven inch, but the master, whatever, the master of the test pressing is a 12 inch, right? So what, you know, at some point there was a shift to go from the 12 inch to the seven inch. This stuff happens all the time. But what's interesting is you now have more songs, but you're going to put it out on a 10 inch where you have less runway. That doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. B Mac says Glenn is the ultimate OG or Glenn is the OG troll. It could be a troll, man. It, it could be. Oni disagrees with that though and says, I don't think Glenn is a troll. He just gets mixed up with so many ideas on his plate. That that's a pretty good, that's that's a pretty good surmisation as well. Sad boy says, I'd love to get my hands on an holy unholy potion. Uh, I can't talk tonight. Get my hands on an unholy passion poster. So effing bad. Um, Mad Master says, I think Glenn makes a lot of plans, but some of them take decades to come to fruition. JS, we haven't seen you in so long. He says, from us over Finn McKinty. Dude, stop. Don't. No, you can't. Don't. My head is going to get too big and it's going to explode off my shoulders. I would love to be Finn McKinty someday. I don't think, I, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but. I love what that dude does. I do. I really, really do. Uh, the Mad Master says his horror anthology idea from the 80s is basically the Veronica film. It is. It is his horror cassettes. I want to put some horror stories on cassettes. Glenn should sell his haunted bricks on eBay. I would buy a couple. I, I don't know if I would buy one, but I definitely, I wouldn't buy one, but I would jump over that fence and steal one if I was out in LA. How about that? Pro effing pro from us. <laughs> yeah. Skeletons and the Elvis Elvis album did take quite a few years. That's true. That is true. Um, DLW says with quite a few errors, like the clicking sounds from the girl of my best friend, not to mention they sound like they recorded it through an ass. I, you know, I have no pro I, I have no problem with everybody. A lot of people are hung up on the production. It doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I, I can't tell you why, but I'm not. I'm just happy that it got out and I enjoy the songs. I will say, you know what I'm unhappy with? I'm unhappy with the production on Skeletons. I was not I was not too stoked about it. And I'm definitely not stoked about the production on Black Lady and Crown. However, for some reason, Danzig sings Elvis. Doesn't bother me. And yeah, Rat Fink shirts because Glenn had a t-shirt business on the side. I mean, Glenn, they were printing all sorts of stuff besides their their besides band shirts i have one i have a vampirella shirt in uh in my storage over there which i've shown on the channel before i mean that's what they did they did all sorts of stuff anything that they liked you know count chocolate they were the original hot topic in that kind of way um wish i had a weed pen huh let me see here I'm just Damn, I can't catch up with these comments tonight. They just keep going. Nope. 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 Sorry, I'm skipping over some of this one note stuff. Might be a little off topic, but anytime something like this surfaces, it just makes me wonder if Glenn 
has or had any prototypes of things he chose not to release or even keepsakes from those early days like Jerry did. Um, for sure. For sure. I mean, there, there, there's a, there's a trunk full of this stuff, a trunk, and it's just loaded with all sorts of stuff. I don't know if it's prototypes, but just like all sorts of the, the ephemera is if that's the right word that was used the accoutrement to create all of that stuff. It, it exists in a closet. I don't know if it still does, but it sure did back in 2005, 2006. JS says in 1987, Danzig re-recorded the guitar and some vocal tracks for songs, removing the original work done by Pete. Yes, we know that. Poor Pete. Poor old Pete. Yeah, so it's so weird. How much information, how many, how how much time is on a 10-inch disc versus a 12-inch disc? Like, what is the maximum? I mean, look, Rosemary's Babies put out, like, how many songs on a 7-inch? So, like, you could imagine that if they wanted to add two tracks to a 10-inch, they could. What would be the purpose and why? How many tra How many uh, records did they put out of Unholy Passion? It was like 5,000, right? It was a lot. So this would have been 1 to 2,000 would have been a more limited sort of thing, which is something that Glenn was into. And yes, it's possible. Maybe they would have just taken some tracks out, but who knows? JS says, I think he's bullshitting because of the rat fink t-shirts. Come on. No, I mean, he does. He totally, he would totally would print rat fink shirts. I'm sure he did print rat fink shirts. He printed all, they did Quisp cereal. They did Gigantor. They did all sorts of characters, man. Yeah. King Contrary. Exactly. <laughs> That's good, Ben. Maybe Glenn was making rat fink shirts to make some money on the side. He that's exactly what it was. And there are advertisements, there are advertisements of Glenn's t-shirt business. I don't know who has them. Maybe Tanner. Tanner, do you have I don't know if Tanner's still here? Tanner, do you have the um Tanner has some, I think. Somebody has them. I've seen I've seen them. I've seen pictures of them. They're they're like advertisements that was a different business name, separate from Plan Nine. And he started doing it with Jerry and they used to do it in Natasha's shop. The place that would have been, the, that was the first fiend club headquarters. Um, fish paws is still begging for shit, man. Damn you fish paws. John says somebody posted a theory that the music for the howl to might've been repurposed on final descent. Also plausible. The urge. Am I just going around in circles? Are these the same comments? I don't remember. Yeah, these are the same comments. How did that happen? It's like going. That's so weird. Oh, my God. There are just so many comments. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry. Sorry. No dead air. No dead air. Keep filling the dead air with words while I catch up here. Right, 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 right. I wonder if Glenn knows how many songs like hybrid moments and some kind of hate rank up there considered. He thought many of them B sides and neither made it to collection one or two. Hmm. I mean, those are classics, man. Soon. <laughs> Soon I will be hot tub dagger. What dagger? Did you get a hot tub? That's awesome. 
So we have Hot Tub Rob and we have Hot Tub Dagger. That's great. It's all about all about the bricks, okay? I got my bricks. Bob's in the house. So okay, now we have Hot Tub Rob. We have we have Bob. We have Bob, we have Hot Tub Rob, and we have Hot Tub Hot Tub Dagger. <gasps> and we have Peter. Oh my god, guys. Do you know when the last time I've seen Peter in this piece? It's been a while. Peter, how are you, man? How is life treating you? He says the howl, the howling two was supposed to be on the Sam Hain box set. It was supposed to have different drums. Okay, so this there, so I guess this track does. I got I didn't know anything about this track. This track was like a thing. Peter knew about it. Um, Matt Mad Matterson knew about it, and apparently it was supposed to be on the Sam Hain box that never came on. So there is still there we that we are still missing tracks that we have yet to hear. Hmm. London has not been on. I would love to have London on the show. That would be so great. We've had so far done we've had eerie pete and steve on the show on on the show which is great we got to get london and we have another surprise agree with the production of skeletons they should have recorded devil's angels with the misfits yeah just it just the skeletons was not again danzig sings elvis like i'm totally fine with it totally fine with the production not so much with skeletons Reminds me, still have to get a hold of Jerry's record so that I could review it. We need to review that for the channel, too. Totally forgot about that. Winston Smith says, musical taste is subjective, but Finn McKinty just seems to like crap. <laughs> Where did that come from? That's right. Pig turtles. Pig turtles, Robbie. Pig turtles. Danzig Bricks. I wonder if he ever moved them out. Um. Ah, here we go. Okay, I found okay. Tanner says I found an interview where London mentions Glenn releasing the urge for lost tracks, but nothing about Halloween 2. Hmm. I'm sure it's very possible that we've all heard the Halloween 2 live. It's probably just one of the things that that's surfaced on a bootleg live album, right? So I the, the Halloween 2 live doesn't really uh interest me the way the other song does the other song is a legitimate lost song you know um so we have we know that there are we know that there's the urge we know that there's that there's the howl too and i don't know if you'd count it as a sam hain grim track or a danzig one track but the punk version of mother how about that Ben says, is the reason Erie a Glenn is the reason Erie and Glenn fell out in your interview, or is that old news? Um I well, you can hear when we get to that part of the interview, you can hear what Erie has to say in Erie's own words. I thought it was it was a fascinating interview to hear Erie's like POV on Danzig. It was fascinating to me. I, I was fascinated by it. Um, Tanner says, I've learned those shirts were Glenn's girlfriend, but he was helping her advertise them. I still think he has, he had a major hand in them. So are you saying that Glenn's girlfriend ran that business and he was just like helping her with the advertising, hmm. but, but even, but there was a side business and he had it with Jerry and they used to do 
they used to do consignment stuff. That's how he met Dave Street. That's how he met Natasha. You know, that's where they formed the Fiend Club. It all started at Revenge. It was either Revenge or Natasha's. George and George as well. Uh, not George Germain, uh, other George. Um, I heard it was because Erie leaked some songs to some chick, but to be honest, hmm. Does Robbie Bloodshed always watch your show while soaking in the tub? Listen, a lot of people watch the show while soaking in the hot tub. Uh, Robbie, I don't think Robbie is so soaks in the hot tub. Maybe it's bathtub. Might be, we'll call him bathtub Rob. <laughs> bathtub Bloodshed. That's his name. Bathtub Bloodshed. I love it. I love it. Uh, get JC. We're working on it. We're working on it. I have some great help. More on that in the future. Still hoping for Sam Hain and reissues. Don't hold your breath. Sorry, Jagger. Don't hold your breath. Peter says there's an interview from 90, from 99 where Glenn talks about the howling too. Pete, Pete, send me this interview, man. Send it to me. I want to read it. And why the heck would... JS says, why the heck would Glenn donate an acetate to the Max's Kansas City jukebox if acetates can only be pay played like six times? I don't, I don't know. One of life's great mysteries. Um, Tanner says, how many meant to say howl too, not Halloween too. Yeah, like right, like we like we all don't care about Halloween too, because like we know that. We we've probably heard it. It's probably one. It's probably out there already. That's not that interesting. It's the other. I mean, it is interesting in the sense that it was going to be like on an album like that. I really wish I knew that. It was such a disappointment not seeing Erie at the Dancing Legacy tour. Yeah, it would have been nice to see the 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 full band together. Everybody's doing their own thing. Halloween two was probably the version on the Samhain live 85 to 86 CD. Very, very possible. Very, very possible. Rue Morgue. There he is. Oh my God, guys, these comments, it's never ending. I'm I need to get to the next part of the show. Motherfuckers. I think London was talking about the urge being on the CD put out over a year or two ago. Obviously that never happened. Right. So London had like a collection that he put together. I guess maybe he talked to Glenn. So does does did London record the urge or did Steve? <laughs> Ace says, I always watch the show soaking in a tub full of blood. Of course. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Ace said the funniest thing ever. Ace, Ace and I did a show on the Monster Club and we were like looking at like something in the background. It was like a sticker. Oh, it was Snoopy. And it said Snoopy rules. And I excitedly went Snoopy rules. And Ace is like, duh. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, duh. We all know Snoopy rules. That version of Halloween 2 on the live 85 to 86, that metallic change in the background. F so effing hardcore. You know what I really like? And musicians, maybe Ace knows, maybe Robbie knows, maybe somebody knows. John of Doom. Anybody. Tanner. What's the thing that Glenn is using when he's when he's doing live? He's doing Samhain 2 live. 
and he's doing the Latin and he's doing like the demon vocals and it's like it's like really weird man it's really 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 weird Peter asked Glenn about the urge yes Peter and he said he lost the tape which he might have lost tape or that was just the easiest answer for you know a question that he didn't want to answer ah oh. He couldn't have lost the tape. What a come on! What a bullshit answer is that? I lost the tape. Come on, promise. I still think JS says promise. I still think the cover of Cough Cool looks like the T Birds from from Greece too. A little bit, a little bit. Hey, Aaron just got off of work. Aaron, you always get here at like the like the worst, the worst time. Not the worst time, but like towards the end. I you I, you do the best you can. I don't I don't blame you. Yes, rules. Okay, that's right. Ben's gonna go walk walk the pooch. Have a have a nice walk. You're a good doggy daddy. Dog. All dogs need nice walkies. That's the truth. Your dog. You want your dog to be a happy dog. You want your dog to be live long and prosper. Walk your dog. Walk them. Don't run with them. You know, sometimes I see Giacomo's and they like put the dog on like a bike handle and then they're running. I mean, the dogs have to run and it's like hot outside. I'm like, dude, that just overheats the dog. Like, are you crazy? You can't do that to a dog. You got to just, you got to walk the dog. The dog's got to walk its own pace. Dog doesn't know how to stop running. Can't stop running. Um, Vicodo, Vicoder. Okay, A says he's assuming some reverb, but he need to hear exactly what you're referring to. Uh, uh, of, okay, so that's what he's talking about. Oni answered the question. A vocoder. Am I? I'm not pronouncing that right. A vocoder. A vocoder. Hmm. A vocoder. Speaking of all this, let's take a look now. We're going to move on to the next part of the show. We're going to move on to. Blood song. Now, some of you don't know what blood song is. I there's a guy, Ace, take a listen to that. It is really cool. It's a cool thing, vocal thing. All right. Um, so a while back I issued a challenge. It was not an easy challenge, it was a a difficult challenge. Okay, Casey says that it's a harmonizer that he used to lower his voice. I issued a challenge where I wanted people. Again, I'm not not being the musician that I'm not and not knowing the difficulty that goes into this. I wanted people, somebody out there to cover a Sam Haynes song like an Earth AD song and vice versa. And I just was saying, like, do one. And this guy who listens to the show, I'm Mesanthrope, uh, a.k.a. Blood Song. Awesome dude, super cool, awesome dude, big supporter of the show and the channel. Um, uh, eternally grateful for his support as well. He told he went out and he recorded in his own, he has a studio in his house, which is you know, I mean, glorified at your computer. All of our computers are studios. This is my look at my studio, you know. Um, he recorded the entire album, he recorded two albums, he recorded earth ad like initium and he recorded initium like earth ad you can hear you can hear the, those tracks 
on uh we did it we did a show completely devoted to it he recorded a few more tracks and we did blood song returns and this is our third trip with blood song he sent me these tracks months ago and i have been meaning to do this for so friggin' long and you know just with everything that i do doing the 31 days of halloween and just everything it just it just gets things get complicated and it's it's only 10 minutes of music. So I'm like, I, I need to save this for a show where we're going to have a short show and then I can tack this on at the end. This is the perfect time to listen to it. So we have 10, we have three songs comes out to about 10 minutes and uh, we're going to give it uh we're going to give it a little listen right now. Robbie says, what about a Sam Haynes song done in static age fashion with a guy from static age? Hmm, maybe that's to come one day. That's cool. I'd like to hear that. That sounds that sounds like it would be interesting. Static age, static age Sam Hain. Sam Hain age or static Sam Hain. JS says, I met I met Glenn at a, the Verotic autograph signing in 1997. I asked him if Talis was true and any songs recorded, and he said to ask. Billy Easton about it. And then Glenn laughed to himself. Who's Billy E? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's a, an old Lodi guy. Maybe he's some musician. I don't know who Billy Easton is. Maybe Tanner or Robbie or anybody out there. Do you guys know who Billy Easton is? I don't, I do not know. I just assume he's some Lodi guy. Mr. Jim, maybe he might know. I don't know. All right, let's listen to these songs now, uh, and then we'll have a little bit more comments. Then we're going to wrap up the show, okay? Because I gotta wake up tomorrow to drive my daughter to school. We got to make sure that we're sharing the audio. Um, this is for you, I misanthrope. I don't know; he's not here tonight, but he'll hear it. You'll hear the track. Hold on. You know, let me do that again. Actually, let me reshare this. Try that one more time. Just a moment. This thing's always giving me problems. Here we go. Okay, we go to the Chrome tab. We go to Vimeo, share tab audio. Great. 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 All right, here it is. Ready? Here is blood well we called the second one blood feast returns so what is this blood feast strikes a uh, blood song strikes again or just blood song three i don't know all right let me make sure this doesn't blow out my ears it's not i forget which three songs they are too so i will be just as surprised as you are let me know if you cannot hear the music you should be able to hear it just fine ready Okay, go. Oh, 
great time listening to the, the, the first episode. Play an air guitar, and I think this is a re- redo, is what this is. Bravo, bravo, blood song, bravo, sir. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me okay? Ooh, what could this be? Oh!
wondering who recorded this this is recorded by a gentleman that goes by the moniker i mesanthrope and his project is called blood song we did a whole episode with blood on blood song twice already seek it out on the channel uh, i'll post his links and stuff in the comments uh, when this video concludes itself um he's just an awesome dude i told him ravner i told him I told everybody, I was put it out there. I said, I challenge anybody to record Earth AD songs like their Initium songs and Initium songs like their Earth AD songs. And he took up that challenge. He recorded two full albums. And yes, I think JS set it up here earlier that, you know, you could tell that this dude is just listened. Yeah, they're a little rough around the edges. They're made in a home studio, bedroom studio. You know, this guy has so much passion and he has such an ear that he listened to these songs so many times and just nails the identity and flavor of what makes Earth AD Earth AD and what makes Nishim and Nishim. And it's it's really, really prevalent. It's really, really forthcoming on the very first blood song show that we did on this channel. So seek that out. Give him a subscribe on I'm uh, the, the I Misanthrope. YouTube channel. Let me see if I can get some of that stuff up here. Now I feel like I have to put it up here. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see if I can at least get a link to the uh, project. I'm not smoking a cigarette. Hold on. Um, I think it'd be under I mis misanthrope misanthrope. Oh, freak. Hold on. Freak on a leash. Blood song. See what let's see what comes up for that. Blood song bandcamp. You can you can download the whole thing on bandcamp, I think, too, if you want. You should really, yeah, here he is. Here he is, okay. And he's got an original song too, right here. Here, I'm gonna put this out here. I'll show you. This is this is the dude. And like I said, I, I just respect. I respect that he, I respect, you know, his dedication to his craft and his music and that he does it here. We actually have another song. This is an original song right here. Here, listen to the original track. So that's, that's blood song. He has a band camp. Check it out. Follow him on band camp. If you're a band camp person, here you go. There's there's blood song for Ravner. Check it out. And here is this track called I Want Your Blood. This is an original song. I'm a devil. I'm a devil. I'm the one who ripped you up. Look at my eyes. You're the muscle. 
just a really passionate dude. I just, I, re I just appreciate, I appreciate the dedication that he puts into his stuff. He just records with what he has and does the best he can. God bless him. Here, check out his YouTube channel. Subscribe there too. I'm subscribe there. That's support. He actually, I'm not gonna play it here, but he did a really cool music video. So I put, I did put the whatchamacallit in the chat, but it's not letting me do the other one. I don't know. It's being weird. Um, I'll post it elsewhere. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I appreciate that guy and that he, you know, he took my challenge seriously, put the time in um, and he just does it. You know, listen, we, we record with what we have. Oh, actually the link is right here. I did put the link out. You can see the link. Okay. That's it. Blood song official dot bandcamp.com and his music channel he did a music video that's actually really good really well um so salute to that guy and um hold on there's i just want one other thing i wanted to say imagine being dave vanian and glenn calls you collect from the u.s and says i wrote this song for you i want you to sing it okay dave was probably like yeah mate sure but Hung up thinking Glenn is weird. <laughs> uh, Dave Vanian probably was creeped out and thought Glenn was ambigu ambiguous about their friendship. Uh, back then, probably thought it was a little H-O, that word. Yeah. I'm 100% sure that Dave Vanian thought Glenn was freaky fan from the U.S. writing songs from him. He knew that. I mean, they they had toured together by that point. They had been on tour in '79, so he knew he had opened. The Misfits had opened for the Damned uh, twice for two different shows at Arras and stuff. So I mean, of course he knew. Of course he knew who who uh, Glenn was at that point. Why they wanted Vanian to sing the song, I don't know. Maybe they thought it would, you know, elevate their profile and position. Who friggin' knows, man? Who friggin' knows? I will say that I will say that that Vanian has remained very tight-lipped in the press. He's never really discussed the misfits that much. Um, I did have Rob from Atomic Age Clothing, who is also the producer of the new Leaving documentary, the, the new Leaving Fear documentary, We Destroy the Family. I had the producer of that of that. Friends, uh, John from Voice of Doom and stuff too, and no Steve Zing and whatnot. Um, I mean, he's he man, he used to work for SST Records, he used to 
work for he used to work for the misfits he used to work for danzig i mean he knew he knew so he saw so much cool shit um but he was he was telling me on live on the show go listen to the episode it's just a great episode and go check out atomic age clothing because they just they make really cool he licenses very cool designs and t-shirts anyways he would he said that at what he says it publicly on the show so i feel like it's okay to repeat it here but he says he said that um he he once ribbed Vanian about like either the misfits why no he ribbed Vanian about why he never sung for the misfits and i think it had to do he was going to do it and this was the 95 misfits this was not back in the day he was going to do it and jerry was was like but you got to work out and when he had to, because this was at like kind of like a dip, like a low point for Dave, like not low point, you know what I mean? Like the the damned were inactive and he was doing Dave and the phantom chords, which was fine and all, but like, you know, his profile was a little bit lower. So to sing for the Misfits would not have been such a bad, even the 90s Misfits would, would have not been such a bad, you know, um, parallel lat lateral, lateral move. And he, uh, he didn't want to, it was like, they wanted him to work out and he was like, I'm not fucking doing all that stuff. So he didn't do it that allegedly, allegedly. So something along those lines, <sighs> he passed. Yes. He passed on Archangel. His loss was our gain. But you, when you listen to Archangel, when you listen to Archangel, you hear Dave Vanian's voice. Like you imagine Dave Vanian singing that song. In a weird way, it's almost a damn song. It could be a damn song. So, and with that, I am calling it. I'm putting a pin in our conversation. This was a lot of fun. There will be more streaming Evil Live in the near future. As I said, future episodes featuring that eerie interview. We're going to get Franche on here for sure. Another Danzig guest as well. And, um, I've actually, last thing I'll say before we get the Patreon spiel, I've, I got the book, shout out to, I believe his name is Frederick. He's one of the authors along with Michael Evan Goodman. They sent me a book. He sent me a book, uh, one of the, 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 the record guides, and I'm going to do a whole show, a series of shows about this book, the way we did scream with me, the way we did, uh, what else did we do that was in print? We're going to do a show on that book. That is coming. I've been saving that like a like a fine wine for a special occasion as this misfit stuff becomes rarer and rarer to cover. So keep your eyes peeled for that in the future. And, you know, listen, when we do the shows, they're a lot of fun. I'm sure when Jerry does his, an interview in the press, if he ever does one, for his new solo album, that'll be another opportunity to jump on here and talk about what Jerry says uh, as we've as we've scrutinized Jerry's words from time to time. Um, the Frumus channel is powered by Patreon, YouTube memberships, buying coffee, buying T-shirts. If you've enjoyed this content, this this content for fun and for free, I thank you for tuning and watching. But if you want to support the channel, you know how. Shit. Oh. I don't know why I just did that. That was weird. I pressed a 30, a 30 second countdown. No, if you, uh, some of you do, and I am truly grateful for everybody out there who appreciates, uh, who supports in whatever way that they do. 
it, it really is um especially my patreons and my youtube members and just guys you guys are fucking awesome and i appreciate you and i don't say it enough um so yeah speaking of patreon i'm gonna roll us out with the patreon thank you so much for joining me this was such a fun treat i want to thank john of doom because john of doom posting that thing made me gave me an excuse to do this episode which makes me happy so thank you john of doom uh peace hair grease check out the patreon and we'll see you real soon because i literally am going to post a short a youtube short right after i get off of here have you seen how much shit i've been posting lately jeff hey guys what's going on it's jeff so i've decided to make a patreon what is patreon i don't know how to define a patreon let me look it up Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.